Hebrews, if you will, we're studying about faith, Hebrews the 11th chapter, and uh, I'm going to use the New Living Translation today, and uh, you can go ahead and turn the lights up, verse 32, Hebrews 11.32, thank you, um, Hebrews 11.32 says, how much more do I need to say it would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. And of course, uh, it says, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms. They ruled with justice, received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flame of fire, escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. So we've been studying about faith. We've been talking about some of these heroes of faith. Last week we looked at David and and Goliath. This week in verse 32 it says, talks about the faith of Gideon. So let's talk today about the faith of Gideon. The faith of Gideon. He was a judge in Israel and... uh, We can learn a lot from his life. Let's go to Judges, the sixth chapter. We'll be in the New Living Translation again. Judges, the sixth chapter, first verse. Judges 6 and the first verse. That's over in the Old Testament. It says, The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So that's God's people doing evil in his sight. And, and the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. So Midianites, very evil people. Uh, did you know that if we disobey God, God will lift his hand from us at a certain point? Yes. doesn't happen overnight, but uh, if you do evil long enough and practice sin long enough as a Christian, God will eventually lift his hand from you and turn you over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter that your spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. So, of course, God's desire is that people repent and and be saved, you see. So they had done evil, his people, and the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. And uh, the Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes, coming with their livestock and tents, were as thick as locusts. They arrived on on droves of camels, too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. Think about that. So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. So Israel's in bad shape. They'd been sinning. Now they're in trouble, and then they cry out for help. Of course, God is gracious. And uh, they cried out to the Lord because of Midian. The Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites, and he said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of the slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live. But you have not listened to me. So you see why Israel is in trouble. They didn't listen to the Lord. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the the great tree at, at, at Oprah which belongs to Joash of the clan of Abenazer. Gideon, now here's, here's his name, Gideon, the son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Now, um, uh, the new King James, the Lord declared him to be a mighty man of valor. Now, Gideon was anything but, if you looked at him in the natural, he was anything but a mighty man of valor. He was anything but a mighty hero. Uh, 
He just, in the natural, you look at him in the natural, he was not, he didn't look like a mighty hero. He didn't look like a mighty man of valor. But here you see, God is calling those things that be not as though they were. God, see, God operates by faith. And he calls those things that be not as though they were. So here you have a perfect example of God calling a situation, calling a person, something that be not as though they were. Gideon, looking at him again, was not a mighty hero. He was not a mighty man of valor. But God calls those things that be not as though they were. So if we'd have been listening in to the Lord when he said that, I don't know about you and me, but a lot of people would have laughed at what God was doing there or what he was saying there. I said a lot of people would have laughed at it. There's no question about it. People, when Jesus went over to the uh, woman with, uh, I'm sorry, Jairus' house and his daughter was dead and he said she's not dead but sleeping, the Bible said they laughed him, Jesus, the Lord God himself, they laughed him to scorn. They laughed him to scorn. It'd be like if I stood here today and said that, you know, in a year's time, if we all did what we were supposed to do, we could have this place full of people and into two services. Now, most people would sit there and laugh at me. But if all of us did what we were supposed to do, I'm telling you, in a year's time, this place could be full and we could be into two services. But most people would laugh at that. Because you see, in the natural, it looks impossible. But if impossible is the only obstacle, faith in God can get the job done. Is that right? Think about that. God calls those things that be not as though they are. So I want to hang out with God. I don't want to hang out with naysayers that's la- laughing at what God's saying and doing. I'd, I, amen? amen? He calls those things that be not as though they were. Verse 13. Sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Have you ever asked that question? If the Lord is with us, why are we in this boat? But we know why. It's because they what? They sin. Right? They didn't obey the Lord. They They started worshiping other things, other gods. If the Lord's with us, why has this happened to us? There's answers to things, and we know the answer here. And then he says, where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord Lord brought us up out of Egypt, and now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? Well, that's what people were saying, but God handed them over because of their doing evil. And yeah, the Lord brought them up out of Egypt. Where are all the miracles? Well, God's still in the miracle business, but you've got to get in line with God and flow with Him, you see. And then those miracles will happen again. <coughs> see, the healing anointing that's in this church is, is pretty much laying, laying dormant now. It's, see, you folks, that, that healing anointing that's here on this ministry is really, it, it's not really for you, you all. You all know the Word of God. You all should be able to get in the Word of God and get your healing for yourself. Is that right? The healing anointing that's on this ministry now, it's not primarily, primarily here for you. It's here for those people you're going to go out, people out there that don't know Jesus, people out there that don't know what you know, people out there that that are sick. And you bring them in here and the healing power of God flows into them and they don't know too much, the power of God will hit them and heal them just, just, just like that. Amen. Yes. But see, it puts, it puts requirement on something you all have to do. Did you hear, did you hear me? Yes. 
Did you get what I just said there? Did you or not? So the healing power of God that's here is pretty much over the last several years has pretty much lay dormant. Because see, again, and, and, and Brother Hagin, I got this off him and it's so true and I've lived it out and I've seen it. He said after a certain amount of time when people are taught the word of God that to come, come to church every week, the healing, that, 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 the, the, the gifts of the spirit that the people that sit under, uh, under this ministry week in, week out, week in, week out, we're teaching you faith. That power is not, you, you, you get in and tap into it for yourself. Yes. Do, do, are you getting that? Amen. Yes or no? But, but, so you come up, I lay hands on you, and we'll, we, we may get some blessing in that, but you've got to get in and get that for yourself because you know the Word of God. But what this healing power is here for in this ministry, and it, could, it, it would have to be stirred back up, but you would have to go out into, the, into your world that, you're, that you live in, and you'd have to bring in the sick, and then you watch that healing power of God would start flowing just like water, water, down, water down the river. Amen? But until, until that happens, then the healing power just pretty much lay dormant. Did you get what I just said? Yes, yes. yes or no? Yes. Okay. Now, uh, so why has all this happened to us? Well, we know the answer. Then the Lord turned and said, verse 14, turned and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, have you ever said, but Lord? But God tells you to do something, but Lord. Now, now watch this. I mean, we all fit right into this, I think, at one time or another in our lives. We, we, we're human just like Gideon. God gave him, a, gave him an assignment. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? How can I do it? How can I how can I do that? How can I do what you've, what, what, you've, what you've told me to do, Lord? And then watch this. He says, my clan or my family is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. Now, was Gideon seeing himself the way God saw him? No. No. Gideon was seeing himself the way he actually was. God was seeing what he could be. Do you see that? Gideon was seeing what he was. God saw what Gideon could be. See, like the healing anointing in this church, we look at it now and we see what it is, but God looks at it and sees what it could be what it once was and what even even what it once was was never what it all what it should have been it, but but how many of you know God if we'd all cooperate with him we could eventually get this place to where God it, God wanted it in the first place did you hear what i just said but it would take something it would take great faith yes or no take great faith And so, let me read from my notes here. It takes faith. Now listen, Gideon had an inferiority complex. There's no question about it. He said, I, how can I do it, Lord? My, my, my family's the weakest, and I'm the weakest among them. I'm the weakest of the weak. I'm the lowest of the low. I'm the littlest of the little. How could I ever accomplish anything for you? I'm confident he had an inferiority complex. And it takes faith to overcome an inferiority complex. Now, if you've never been bothered with that, God bless you, good for you, but, but I, have, I have had to deal with this. Inferiority complex. And it takes faith to overcome that. It takes faith to believe what God says about you when you see yourself as insignificant and pretty much everyone else sees you as insignificant. That's a bad place to be. And the devil will scream thoughts into your mind saying you are nothing. See, it takes faith to stand up against that and overcome that. See, 
Seems like everything you touch. You've ever heard this? Everything I touch turns to gold. Well, maybe everything you touch turns rotten and fails. And, and after a long time of that happening, you can get so beat down and so, so low that you, what is the old saying? You have to look up to see down. Has anybody ever been low? And, and after years of that, a complex can set in and, 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 and it can take hold of you. And at that time, you have to ask yourself a question. Are you going to believe what you think about you or are you going to believe what God says about you? It takes faith to stand up against and overcome an inferiority situation, inferiority complex. It, It takes faith. One reason people that are in poverty, one reason that they never get out of it is because most of them have been in poverty all their life and they've come to believe that that's all they've ever been, that's all they're ever going to be. And until you can get them to see that they could be prosperous, you'll never be able to get them free from that spirit of poverty. Same thing is true in the area of sickness. If somebody's been sick a long time, at last that, 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 that mindset sets in, you learn to live with the pain and, and until you can start to see yourself well it's hard to get people healed and it takes faith when, 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 when everything that you have come to think and, 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 and believe and God comes in there and, and you're so low and down and God says you are a mighty person of valor you know, I've got something for you to do and, and, and you've always seen yourself as nothing. I tell you what, and, and everybody around you, you know, see, sees you as nothing and then, you, and then God comes in and says you can, you can be something and then, and then, you know, people will laugh at that. That doesn't help issues. It doesn't help you. You know what I'm saying? It's like when I look around here and say, you know, in, in a year's time, we could be in to have this place full and into two services. You know, just saying that, it's, it's almost, in the natural, almost laughable. But what are we going to believe? What are we going to do? See, and we can, we can speak and we can believe that all we want and a year will come, a year will go and it won't be any different. You know why? Because faith without Corresponding action is what? Deader than a doornail. Is that right? Yes or no? But it's true not in just a growth of a church. It's true in all areas of our life. And Gideon saw himself as nothing, but God saw him as something. Now, what are you going to believe? And it takes faith. I've watched people over the years that the world has beat them down so and, and even fellow Christians have beat them down so that you talk to them, it's real hard for them to even look you in the eye. They just go around kind of slumping over. Have you ever seen anybody like that? You know, just... And it takes faith to raise your head up high and hold your shoulders up. And say, God says I can do whatever it is, and bless God by His grace, I'm going to do it. Amen. Takes faith. And the devil, again, he'll be screaming at you through thoughts. People be laughing at you, talking bad about you, you know. Well, if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. Well, who said so? Amen. I said, who said so? I know who said so. The devil said so. But the the Bible says the vision is yet for an appointed time. Right? Right. 
I mean, remember Ezekiel? All Israel was scattered and, and basically dead, and God had him prophesy into those dry bones. Is that right? Yes. Calling those things that be not as though they were. It's bad enough when the, when the world laughs at you for that, but when Christians who've been taught the Word of God for years and years and no faith uh, laugh at you and, and think, well, that could never be, that could never be, that could never be. Well, somebody's whispering into your ear and it's not God. It's the devil himself. What's going to happen? It would have happened by now. What's going to happen? It would have happened by now. What would have happened by now? Well, la di da di da. Why don't you stop listening to the devil Amen. and start listening to God? With God, all things are possible. Is that right? Amen. Is that right? Yes. So we all need to get a little skip in our step, a little glide in our stride, and stand up and believe God against all odds. What do you say? Amen. But remember, faith without what works is deader than a doornail. Right? I put the doornail part in there. So what does it do? It takes faith to stand up against doubt and unbelief. It takes faith to stand up against a woe is me attitude. It takes faith to stand up against that. Verse 16, the Lord said to him, I will be with you. Now what more do you need than that? And you will destroy the Midianites. Now that's like like God saying to somebody like me, that I'm going to stand up against Adolf Hitler and all the Nazis and and single-handedly I'm going to destroy them. But if God says I can do it, guess what? I can do it because he's what? He's with me. Is that right? I'll be with you and you'll destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Now are we going to believe that? Are we going to believe woe is me? Now, what are we going to believe? Now, notice verse 17. Gideon replied, if you're truly going to help me... Now, here we go now. If you're truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it is really the Lord speaking to me. And here's my, my statement here. And, and this bears out what I've told you a couple weeks ago. You can have doubt in your head with faith in your heart. And this man, Gideon, because we know he had faith. The book of Hebrews tells us we had faith, and we'll see that he had faith. But he had some doubts in his head. Like what I've said about this church. What, even when I say that, I've got doubts in my head. But you could have doubts in your head and what? Faith in what? Faith in your heart. Gideon, now let me just read from my notes. He then asked... The angel, which really, this angel was the second member of the Trinity. It was Jesus appearing in the Old Testament. It wasn't just an angel. It was, it was, now Jesus is not an angel, but the Old Testament sometimes referred to him that way when he appeared. And uh, he asked the angel for a sign that God had selected him for divine service. He prepared an offering, placed it on the altar. The angel touched the offering with his staff. The fire consumed it. Gideon then recognized his calling to serve God. Well, that would do it, wouldn't it? Did you get what I just said? He asked for a sign. God gave him a sign. Now, I'm not saying that we should ask for signs. We walk by faith and not by sight. But God is gracious. And Gideon probably didn't know as much about faith as you and I know. So the more you develop in faith, the less you should need physical manifestation. Do you understand to see things, touch things, right? Did you get what I just said there? So Gideon's first assignment was to destroy his father's altar. Wow, now think about this. His first assignment was to destroy his father's altar of Baal in his family's, essentially in his family's backyard. Now think about that. His first assignment wasn't to defeat the Midianites. His first assignment was something smaller. It was to, it was to pull down the, the idol worship that his father was into. His father was an idol worshiper. Now, if you want to know something that takes faith, it takes faith to stand up, especially when your family is gone one certain way for all for years and years and years, and now you're going to stand up and do something different that's in line with the Word of God. Friends, that takes faith. 
And all the family speaking against you and they're saying, you know, you're crazy, you're nuts, you're this or that. And even your church family might even do help you out, help, help them out with that a little bit. I tell you, it takes faith to stand up against that. Yes. Just takes faith. To upset the family apple cart, so to speak. And his family was, Gideon's family, were, his dad was an idol worshiper. And so the act required a great, great faith for Gideon. Gideon respected his dad and he was fearful of, of what his dad might do when he went essentially in the backyard and pulled that altar down. But he went, he got some guys and went in the backyard, pulled that thing down and set up an altar to the Lord. But he was successful in, in that feat. Can you say amen? amen. He, did that, he did that by faith. So after that happened, the Midianite, their, their oppression intensified against Israel. And Gideon sent out messengers to all Manasseh, that land there that they lived in, and the surrounding tribes to rally volunteers to, to Israel's cause. So now it's time to defeat the Midianites. So, so Gideon, he calls out, and guess what he does? He asks for volunteers. I know what that's like. And thank God we got a good group of people around here that volunteer. But I tell you what, you ask any pastor, and I've dealt with it over the years, you start asking for volunteers and people start doing this. Start looking the other way and you know, they'll, start, they'll start. So he asked for Volunteers, and he sent out messengers to all Manasseh and the surrounding tribes to rally volunteers to Israel's cause because now we're going to go defeat the Midianites. And, and Gideon, of course, God's with him, but he's going to need an army. Okay? Because, see, God never said that Gideon himself would defeat the Midianites as one man. He said that, that Gideon and, and would... would and the implication his army would defeat the Midianites as though that whole army of Gideon was fighting against one man even though the Midianites had hordes and hordes of people. Soldiers, trained soldiers. Did you get, did you get that? Now notice here in Judges 6 verse 33, Judges 6 verse 33 in New Living Translation, soon afterwards the armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east formed an alliance against Israel and crossed the Jordan camping in the valley of Jezreel. Then the Spirit of the Lord took possession of Gideon. Now that's something right there. The New King James says the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. I tell you what, there's nothing like when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you. There's nothing like it. There's not, have you ever seen me up in this pulpit and I'm teaching right along and, 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 and just all of a sudden there'll be a change and there's a boldness comes and, and just bold things. Huh? Have you ever noticed that over the years? It's, it's like I change into somebody else for a couple of moments or whatever. You ever, have you ever noticed that? Yeah. It's the Spirit of the Lord comes on you. Yeah. Boldness comes. Makes religious people nervous lots of times. I like making religious people nervous. Knocks a lot of doubt and unbelief, dusty doubt and unbelief off of folk a lot of times. When the Spirit of the Lord comes on you. Bold. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Spirit of the Lord came on him and he blew a ram's horn as a call to arms. And the men of the clan of Abinazer came to him. He also sent messengers throughout Manasseh and these other places, summoning their warriors, and all of them responded. So, so here they come. Now, he's got this army, and now what? What's going to happen now is, guess what? Again, you can have faith in your heart with what? Doubt in your head. And guess what Gideon's going to do now? He's going to ask the Lord for another sign, and he's going to put out that fleece. Ever hear of that fleece that Gideon put out? And, you know, for the sake of time, I, I was going to read these next verses, but just to speed things up a little bit, he put the fleece out and, and God answered him. And then after he answered him the first time, then guess what Gideon said? Now let's do it again. And God answered him the second time. So this guy really had a lot of doubt in his head, didn't he? 
but there's faith in his heart. You know, faith will manifest itself in your emotions and your expression. Did you hear me? There is an expression to faith. It not only comes out your mouth, but it'll put a smile on your face. Yes or no? It will put a skip in your step and a glide in your stride if you really believe in God. Did you get what I just said? It really will. Faith, people that are like this all the time, unless there's something physically wrong with them, Oh my God, somewhere there ought to be some emotion. Can you say amen? amen. Is that right? Yes. I guarantee it to you, if I gave you $100,000, you'd be jumping up and down. Would you? If you had half a brain, you would. But we got something better than a hundred grand. We got the B-I-B-L-E. That's a book for me. Yes, yes or no? Yes. Glory to God. Stir things up. Yes. If you got the old woe is me, just stir yourself up. Amen. Let the fire that comes on me every once in a while, let it lap out into you and knock that doubt and unbelief off. Can you say amen if there's any on you? If there's any on you. Amen. Remember this spirit of the Lord, when he comes, he makes religious people nervous. I'm telling you, he does. People that get set in their ways. You know, it's really easy to get set in your ways. It's always been that way. So Things can change. I don't know why I said that. That wasn't in my notes, but I just felt I needed to say that. Is that okay? So you could have doubt in your head and what? And he gave him the answer to that fleece. You remember he put it out and he said, let, there be, let the fleece be wet and the ground be dry and then vice versa. Remember that? I know what order it is, but whatever, it, that's the way it worked. And God answered him. I'm not saying you ought to put out a fleece because you know more probably than Gideon did because you've had teaching of the word of God. Right? And, and I want to say this. I don't want you to think you have to be running around acting like crazy, you know, all the time to have faith. But somewhere, don't you agree with me, if you're really in faith, there ought to somehow another, a smile ought to crack your face once in a while? Yes. There ought to be some sort of a praise in your voice, some sort of a we can do it attitude. Huh? So now, God answers him in the fleece. You got these, 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 it's a ragtag army to tell you the truth. Now these Midianites are trained soldiers and, 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 and Gideon has this ragtag army kind of like when the United States fought the Revolutionary War. It was just a ragtag army, is that right? How many of you know there was a lot of faith going on there with George Washington and all those guys? How many of you know God ordained it and that's the only reason they, they beat the, the, the Britons, the Brits, is that right? It was because God was with them. It's not because George Washington, all those people were that that they were, you know, were all that. They had God with them. They should have lost it. We should have lost that war many times. Is that right? And so that's kind of the the group that Gideon had. And look here, or let me just read from my notes. When now listen to this, and most of you know this story, but if you don't, you need to listen to this because this is just how God is, is how he operates. When Gideon's volunteers assembled. He had 32,000 citizen soldiers standing in the ranks. And although there were, uh, there were a hundred, now think about this, there were 135,000 Midianite soldiers. So now it's 32,000 against 135,000 of the enemy. That's not a fair fight, is it? God directed Gideon, now here's how God operates, listen carefully. God directed Gideon to thin out the ranks. Now that makes no sense in a natural. 
God, we've got 32,000. We need at least another 100, maybe 150,000. God says, you've got too many. We've got to thin these 32,000 down. Now, people start laughing at that. Say, what were you talking about, Willis? You know what I mean? How many remember that? Gary Coleman, I like that little guy. So that's how God runs things. Although there were 135,000 Midianite soldiers, God directed Gideon to thin out the ranks after dismissing the fearful and afraid. So what good is having people if they're always fearful and afraid and woe is me and it can't be done? And You need to get rid of those people. I said you need to get rid of those people. No faith in them at all. You need to get rid of them. Is that what God did? He got rid of them, didn't he? He said, send them home. We don't need those people. And only 10,000 remained, and now Gideon's army was now outnumbered by 13 to 1. Think about that. And God says there's still too many. He's operating by faith, isn't he? God is. Now we're down to 10,000, from 32,000 down to 10,000, and God says, there's still, you, Gideon, you still got too many. How many's in the Midianite army? 135,000. And God says, there's still too many. God told Gideon, bring them down to the water, and I'll test them for you there. Those who lapped the water with their hands, never taking their eyes from the horizon, were retained in Gideon's army. Those who got down on their knees to drink, forgetting to keep watch for the enemy, were dismissed. You don't need those people either, do you? dismissed them you know if you're going to go on with God and accomplish everything that God wants you to do there's some people that you're going to have to dismiss from your life you don't have to be ugly about it you don't have to be mean about it but you need to if they won't change if they won't get a spirit of faith about them you need to dismiss them bye but don't we need all these people? Don't we need don't we need them? Now if they're fearful and full of unbelief, they won't repent, they won't change. Sometimes you've got to just dismiss some people from your life. And the numbers go down and think, oh my God, what's going on here? <clears throat> Jesus, when uh, all those multitude of disciples walked away from him he was down to 12 and he looked at his 12 and he said do you want to go also I like what Peter said where else we got to go he was thinking about leaving he said where else I, you got the words of eternal life I don't know about you but I'm sticking with Jesus Amen. and so now we're down now listen to this now we're down to 300 soldiers. Where do we start out? We started out with uh, 32,000. Then we went down to 10. Now we're down to 300. And Gideon's army is outnumbered 450 to 1. So think about that. Every time you got one of Gideon's soldiers out there, there's 450 Midianite soldiers coming against that one Soldier, That's not a fair fight, is it? No, it's not a fair fight. It's not a fair fight for the Midianites because God's with Gideon. Did you get what I just said? What I said there was, you might have missed that. It's not a fair fight. It really isn't because, because God's with that one Gideonite soldier. God's with that one. I'd rather have that one soldier with God than 450 heathens. Uncircumcised Philistines, huh? It's, it's not a, now, in the natural, it's not a fair fight for Gideon's army, but in, 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 in the supernatural realm where it really counts, it's not a fair fight for the Midianites. Now, notice, if you would, in, now, how many how is in Gideon's army now? How many? 300. Now, look at Judges 7. So, I want to, before, I, I want you to see this. Now, now, this was before the fight took place. And, and you, need to, you need to listen to this. You need to le- read these verses with me. Because you see, the Midianites have 135,000. Gideon has 300. And God says to Gideon, 
he says, go down, sneak down before the battle, sneak down there and listen into one of the tents of the Midianites and see what they're saying. So let's read this. Judges 7 verse 10, New Living Translation. But if you're afraid to attack, God says to Gideon, go down to the camp with your servant Purah. Listen to what the Midianites are saying and you will be greatly encouraged. How many of you would like to be greatly encouraged? Right Now watch it. Then you will be eager to attack. So Gideon took Purah and went down to the edge of the enemy camp. The armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts. So there was, there was a swarm of these Midianites. Their camels were like grains of sand on a seashore. Too many to count. Gideon crept up just as a man was telling his companion about a dream. Now you follow this? Are you following me? Gideon's down listening into what the enemy's saying about him and his army. The man said, I had this dream. The enemy says this, I had this dream. And in my dream, a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent, turned it over, and knocked it flat. His companion answered, your dream can mean only one thing. God has given Gideon, the son of Joash, the Israelite, and the Israelites victory over the Midianites and all the allies. Can you say amen? See, we think the you see we think we ought to be afraid of the enemy, but in all reality, the enemy is afraid of us. How many of you are afraid of snakes besides me? I'll just admit it. But people that study snakes tell us that snakes are more afraid of humans than humans ever need to be afraid of snakes. And that's scientific. That's a scientific fact. I need to work on it. You can pray for me. But, but, but actually, have you ever... I, I mean, I, every time I've gone out, there's been a black snake in the yard. And I, I mean, what does that snake do? It runs off. And I'm telling you, people go to the herpetorium over there at, at the zoo and they'll tell you that snakes are more afraid of humans than humans need to be afraid of snakes. Have you ever had a snake come at you and chase you? Okay. Well, you're in the same boat as me, but I'm telling you, that's what people say. But, but, but I don't know about snakes, but I know this about the devil. The devil is far more afraid of us than we ever need to be of him. But that's not the way it's painted. The, the way it's painted is that we're supposed to be cowering and afraid of the devil. But what the Bible says is that Jesus put him under our feet and, 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 and the devil and demons are far more afraid of us than we ever need to be afraid of him because Jesus is on the inside of us. See, we've got to change the mentality on that. Can you say amen to that? It's one reason people go around beaten down all the time. They think that, who the devil was it? I mean, if we'd, st- if we'd just stand up in faith of who we are in Christ, the devil, we put the devil on the run. So in verse 14, his companion answered, Your dream can only mean one thing. God has given Gideon, the Israelite, victory over Midian and all its armies. See what the, see what the enemy thinks? See, Gideon's thinking, well, how can I go down there with 300 guys and beat the 135,000? But the 135,000, they're scared, they're scared to death of Gideon. Why? Because God's with him. Then Gideon heard the dream and his interpretation. He bowed in worship before the Lord. Then he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, Get up! For the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. I wonder how many of his army jumped up. I wonder if any of that 300 just sat there and looked at him. Get up! Get up! The Lord's given you victory over the Midianite hordes. Get up. I wonder if anybody, I just wonder, I don't know. I just wonder if anybody sat there and looked at Gideon. (laughs) You know, I think I can answer that question. I think all 300 of these people jumped up when he said that and said, let's go sick them, let's get them. You know how I know that? Because God already dismissed the doubtful and the unbelieving and the cowards. There were no doubtful, unbelieving, and cowards left. They were all dismissed. They were all gone. And the 300 men he had left, I can tell you, I know it. It's clear. When he said, get up, I guarantee it to you, those 300 jumped up and said, let's get them. Let's attack. 
You okay with that? You know it's, you know it's true. Why? Because the doubtful, fearful, unbelieving, the cowards, all those people that, that want to hear it all the time and never do anything, they've already been dismissed. God's already dismissed them. Yes or no? So I, I can answer that question. I, all 300 of you, yeah, come on, let's go, let's, go, let's go get them. Glory to God. So let me finish the story here. Gideon divided the army into three companies. I wonder how many he had in each section. Come on, this isn't hard. Probably. Because there were how many? There were a hundred, hundred, probably, probably, Okay. And then he gave each man a trumpet, a pitcher, and a torch. Now, we just need to stop and think about that for a minute. A trumpet, a pitcher, and a torch. A trumpet, a pitcher, a glass pitcher, and a, a torch. And not a, not a blowtorch like they work on welding, just a torch where it's lit. Now, how in the world are you going to beat... 135,000 trained soldiers with a trumpet, a pitcher, and a torch. Now, we need to stop and think about that. A trumpet, a pitcher, and a torch. That makes no sense, does it? Does that make any sense? Don't you think God would arm them up with, with, with some swords and some shields and some... No? A trumpet, a pitcher, and a torch. I love the way God operates. Makes no sense to the natural mind. And at the appointed time, 300 trumpets blasted into the air, 300 hands raised their pitchers, and smashed them to bits. Now think about that. 300 trumpets blowing... 300 hands raised their pitchers and smashed them to bits, and 300 burning torches pierced the darkness. And 300 warriors, so they're all 300 doing this, this, they all 300, they cried out and they said, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Now that's all it was. There wasn't a shot fired. There wasn't a, there wasn't a spear thrown. It was just a trumpet, a pitcher, and a torch. 300 trumpets blasting into the air. 300, 300 pitchers being smashed. 300 torches in the darkness. And 300, all 300, they're all doing the same thing. Cried out, said the sword of the Lord and Gideon. And you know what happened? The Midianites, these trained soldiers, were thrown into a panic. In the confusion, see God put confusion in the enemy camp. In the confusion, some committed suicide, these Midianite hordes, committed suicide or killed their comrades. Think about that. The remaining soldiers fled. The enemies of Israel were completely scattered and defeated, and Israel's homeland was secure. It was a glorious victory for God and for Gideon, who became an instant hero. Think about that. With what? A trumpet, a pitcher, and a torch. So if you got a trumpet, a pitcher, a torch, and God, you could defeat anything. Now Gideon needed a trumpet, a pitcher, and a torch. I don't know what you need. But that's all it took. And Gideon was known as a conquering warrior. Do you see God's word that goes out of his mouth will not return void, but it accomplishes what it's sent forth to do. And now from the least to the least, Gideon is now known as a, he's known as a conquering warrior, a mighty man of valor. Because he obeyed God. And he did things, he stood up against that, that doubt and unbelief, he stood up against that inferiority complex, he did things that make no sense to the natural and he overcame it, and he obeyed God, had a great victory, and now known as a conquering warrior, a mighty man of valor. Now that which was done and said in the, that which was said in the spirit has now manifested in the natural. 
That's how it works. And as a conquering warrior, Gideon was invited to become king, king of Israel. But he declined. Modest and devout, he was careful not to grasp the power and glory that belonged to God. Because Gideon knew that it was God that did it. He couldn't have done that himself, and he knew it. After he retired to his home, Israel was blessed with 40 years of peace. Gideon shows that God calls people from unlikely situations. Again, he was a poor farmer's son. His father was an idol worshiper. But he was still, Gideon was effective in God's service. And listen to this, and I close with this. The story of Gideon teaches us that God prefers a few dedicated and disciplined disciples to multitudes of uncommitted workers. God can win victories with a fully committed minority. Let's say that again. The story of Gideon teaches us that God prefers a few dedicated and disciplined disciples to multitudes of uncommitted workers. God can win victories with a fully committed minority. The story of Gideon teaches us that God prefers a few dedicated and disciplined disciples to multitudes of uncommitted workers. God can win victories with a fully committed minority. Did you get anything out of this today? Well, stand with me if you would. If you need prayer... There'll be folks up here in the front. They're here to pray with you. You can pray with them after the service if you need to take advantage of that. Don't forget to hand out your tracts this week. Let me pray. Father, Heavenly Father, I ask that you would help all of us to become more like Gideon. More like him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Did you notice I didn't pray long over the offering and I didn't pray long here? You don't have to pray long to get results. You just have to pray believing. Lord, help us all to be more like Gideon. In Jesus' name. You are dismissed. God bless you.